This is Biz, and if hosting One Bad Mother for over 10 years has taught me anything, it's that parenting is hard and nobody gives a shit. So belly up to the low bar, where fine is good enough and you'll never feel alone. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, somewhere over the rainbow, we all have equal rights. I talked to Linz Amer about queer stuff. Woo! Hi! Hello! Hi! Hi! Hi. Hello! (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This is fantastic. I am so glad to be having you. And for everybody uh, who doesn't want to immediately run and Google it, because you're probably listening in the middle of the night while breastfeeding or you're crying in a Target parking lot, both Mm -hmm. are acceptable. Lens makes queer stuff for kids and families. And they started on this amazing winding career path when they created Queer Kid Stuff an award-winning original LGBTQ plus educational web series for all ages that has reached millions of families. They perform at library schools and theaters all over the world, spreading queer joy. I think you have to say it like that. Queer joy. Yeah, that's the best way I've ever heard that said. That's great. Ah, Thank you. (laughs) And working on numerous projects that bring queer and trans representation into mainstream children's media. What a a time to be alive, Lens. Truly. In 2019, they gave a viral TED Talk on the importance of talking to kids about gender and sexuality. They currently write for preschool television and also host the parenting podcast Rainbow Parenting, as well as Activist You for kids featuring interviews with youth activists. Their brand new book is called Rainbow Parenting, Your Guide to Raising Queer Kids and Their Allies, as well as an upcoming children's book called Hooray for She, He, Z. Is it Zay? Zay. Z? I, I, Z? I think it's Z. I don't personally use neo-pronouns, but I think it's Z. Okay. Because I thought it was Zay, but you know what? I'm not the expert. I just have teens. Okay. This is <laughs> not go. the title of their book. Their title is... It's a long one. Hooray for she, he, Z, and they. You know, you are doing a lot of hard work here, Linz. Doing a lot of stuff. You're doing a lot of stuff. You wanna, yes. You want to start by just telling me who lives in your house? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it's me and my wife and our two dogs, yep. and uh, we're having a great time ah! <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> yeah? How are yeah, you for the doing moment, that? It's, that's, <laughs> for the moment, it's just that. We are um, at the very, very beginning of a fertility journey, but uh, it's uh, a minute away, so oh, yes. right now no, it's just be- the four of us. <laughs> that's fine. Enjoy the four of you. Yes, we are. Hello. And it... <laughs> Good, good. That's all I want to hear. <laughs> all right. I made a joke, but everybody knows that I deal with horrible things uh, with humor. It's my defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. And I joked about all this work that you have been doing that is centralized around education, LGBTQ, and trans rights, and just general knowledge. And we are smack dab in the i mean here in the u.s florida got their bill passed yeah the everybody calls it the don't say gay law but it basically prevents 
teachers, educators, I guess a parent from coming into a classroom. <laughs> like, I don't even understand how car line is supposed to fucking work yeah, if you were in I a... I don't know the line. exact way that it's being implemented, yeah. but I just I just got a comment because I was talking about um, the school programming that I do, and I just got a comment from an educator who's in Florida who was like, oh. I wish I could have your program at my school. And I'm like, I'm in Florida. And I was like, I wish I could go there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I, I wish I could even step foot in yeah, the state. And that look, feels like I'm a bad not, idea. I'm not knocking all of Florida. As a Southerner myself, I get it. There, you got to find your pockets and you got to like... There are incredible people in that state. Incredible people. It's just unfortunate that some of the less incredible are trying to squash all of our queer joy. Yeah, the crummy people are in charge over there, unfortunately. Yeah, but I, I, I say all this because in the U.S., it's also, I think it's like 16 states have basically these don't say gay bills making their mm-hmm. way through state houses right now. Yeah. Even though Florida's the only one that's passed it. And I say all of this depressing as fuck news to ask you, what is it like being in children's education right now with queer kids stuff being your focus? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's certainly a tough moment. I, I'm talking to a lot of parents and a lot of teachers right now. And I mean, we're going into this like back to school season, yep. which is, you know, already stressful no matter <laughs> what or how you identify. Right. But I think there's a particular kind of like vibe happening right now that's like very tense, right? Mm-hmm. There are people coming to protest school board meetings. I like know. it's it's pretty wild out there. And I think folks who are in schools, especially on a day-to-day basis and who, you know, have children in their homes who they're trying to create a queer and gender affirming environment for, but they have family members who aren't supportive, even, you know, ex-partners who aren't supportive, who are co-parents. It's really tough. And like this tension between really wanting to raise affirmed queer kids and trans kids and like incredible allies, but like so much of the world not wanting you to it's a really hard thing to push up against and then there's no real like guide for this like people are really just doing it on their own and winging it and trying to use (laughs) as many resources as they can and I try to provide resources and and there's a community of my colleagues in this kind of burgeoning field that I'm in who are trying to provide resources for families and for educators but it's a lot of the talk, a lot of the discourse just really focuses on the policy of it all. Mm. And, you know, the the flashy, like, politicians and the bills and the, the courtroom arguments when, you know, that doesn't necessarily have a lot to do with, like, a family's, like, day-to-day lives, a child's, you know, journey through their own gender and sexuality understanding. Right? So what I'm trying to do and what a lot of people that I work with and, and my colleagues are trying to do is really get into people's homes, get into people's schools, and do the groundwork, like, the grassroots work to really try and create queer and gender-affirming environments for young people. And... I don't know. I think I surround myself with a lot of queer joy. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of like where I live a lot of the time. And I mean, I get plenty of online harassment. Oh, and, I'm you know, sure yeah, that but... people are really nice to you on the internet. Really, really nice. so great. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. But I do kind of get to live in a little bit of a bubble about it because that's kind of what people come to me for, right? Yeah. So hopefully I get to be like a little, I don't know, beacon of rainbow light. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right, let's shift into awesome rainbow light now that we've yeah. just gotten the nightmare out of the way yeah. and Oof. we'll never have to deal with it again. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. let's actually start with talking about gender identity mm-hmm. and sexuality and mm-hmm. only thanks to this show and lovely people like uh, Teresa Thorne, who used to co-host this with me, and all of the amazing guests we've had on, I have learned a lot in 10 years. And even just that gender and sexuality are two Mm -hmm. totally different things. And my oldest has gone through, I mean, just has had, just been exploring and poking and trying stuff on. Mm -hmm. And that's been awesome. But I had all these questions when they, for everybody knows the joke of, and it wasn't that much, it was a joke because I felt like I was in a sitcom. And that was when my oldest asked me, said they were interested in having a binder. And they were so nervous about asking me. And I honest to God, I honest to God was like, we can just go to Target and get a binder. She was like, no. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I want to kind of start with Do you think that there is a question or topic that adults are like really afraid to ask or Mm. is a good place maybe we didn't think to ask as we begin looking into this? And I know that like we all Mm. come at it at different times. Like we just had a baby. We got all this on the front of our mind or I didn't think about it once until my kid asked me, right? Like, Mm. Yeah. It's interesting because I actually, so there is research that says that kids are more likely to bring up conversations and topics around gender than adults are with them. Sure. The Pew Center did a research study. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like they did a they did a research project or whatever you call them. Yeah, <laughs> um, poster board. They did like a science project. Exactly. It was like a they thing. Were, yeah. They were asking families about like who was bringing up what conversations about four different quote unquote taboo topics. Right. One was race. One was gun violence. One was gender and sexuality, and one was something else that I can't remember. Um, climate change. That's, that's ah. what it was. And gender was the only one where it was more likely for the child to bring up the topic than it was for the adult so it's interesting because i don't actually get that many like questions from adults other than like how do i explain this to kids (laughs) or like or like aren't they too young right those are kind of like the questions that i get from adults and the fun fact that i like to pull out of my back pocket is that the american academy of pediatrics has found that most Young people have a solid understanding of their identity, their gender identity by the age of four. So if we're talking about any older than four, we're essentially too late. At the age of four, that means there's been a lot of internal work already to like discover, absorb, internalize, and then be able to express. That's all happened up until that age. So if we're not introducing different diverse ideas around gender and what gender can look like and what gender can be for a young person, they're not going to be able to internalize and absorb that to be able to understand if maybe that's them, right? Or someone they know. So any later is essentially too late is kind of how I answer that question. But too late, now see, too late freaks me out. 
too late means because like I, I I think there are probably scenarios in which you start talking very early. Like the mm-hmm. first time I ever stepped in it on this show and I learned just new language right away, I immediately, mm-hmm. and I was very thankful to the community for being like, hey, and I was like, oh, thank you. Nobody mm-hmm. yelled at each other, guys. It was great. I, somebody pointed it out and I said, thank you. I'm happy to learn it and apologize. Yeah. Jesus, people. It's not that big a deal. And I was immediately able to start introducing that language into mm. the conversations with the kids. So there's like a scenario in which you start really early because you mm-hmm. got ahead of it. I don't know who those parents are. Okay. Then there is the scenario in which you just never, you don't necessarily talk about it, but you're not creating an environment that is hateful or saying negative things about yeah. it, right? Yeah. And then there is the family who just, it's just brand new to them in every single way. So when you mm-hmm. say too late, I need to know what that means and, and if I have done something horribly wrong. No, I don't think you've done anything horribly wrong because I I don't think it's your fault, right? Here's the thing. Because that's just like the society that we all live in. Most parents, no matter your identity, will assume that their kids will turn out to be cisgender and straight, right? That's just like the general assumption in parenthood. And it's not necessarily something that's conscious, right? Just the same as gender is assigned at birth. It's something that just kind of happens. And we don't pay attention to it because it's just, you know, quote unquote, normalized for all of us. Right. Right. And so the family you were describing that was kind of in the middle of like being accepting and and maybe progressive, but like just kind of not saying anything. That's essentially the family that I grew up in. Same. And I had a really, really tough time as a teenager because Mm. we never had those discussions and I didn't have that language Mm. to describe myself. And so I started coming out as queer in college and then didn't come out as non-binary until my mid-20s and then had came out as trans and then had top surgery like around my 30th birthday so like that's a long time of me not living in like a body that I felt comfortable in right so when I say too late I I don't want to like fear monger or anything but like (laughs) there's a reason why the statistics on LGBTQ plus youth suicide are so high and haven't changed right and I really do believe that those statistics are connected where you know one in five Gen Z kids identify somewhere in the LGBTQ plus community but then you know if we're all of all parents are assuming that kids will turn out to be cisgender and straight that's just not statistically possible right there's like a gap there so then you know you look at the statistics on lgbtq plus youth suicide and it's kind of like okay there's like a mental health thing happening there because of that and then if you look at the trevor project has said that um, young people who said that they were affirmed in their name and pronouns, even just by one person in their life, that suicide rate went down by like half. So creating these queer and gender affirming environments for young people is actually like a life saving thing. And I, it doesn't matter if your kid identifies as LGBTQ plus or not, where you have to be also raising allies, you know, alongside them, because I mean, do you want to be raising someone who's going to bully an LGBTQ plus young person? No, I don't think so. So when I say too late, like, you know, it, it, I do think that there are stakes involved. All right. No, but I appreciate that. And I definitely am aware of the, the stakes. We are very lucky to live and attend a 
school that is incredibly support, like the kind of thing where you're like, I do not live in the real world at all, right? Like it is, <laughs> yeah. but as a one step away from 50 year old woman, and you're saying like it was in your 30s, we had a little 20 year gap there of like language that didn't exist. Oh, you know what 100%. I mean? So, like, so I feel like when we're talking about those stakes, mm-hmm. right? How do we, regardless of where we are in, yeah. in on that path as the parents, as the yeah. adults in kids' lives, mm-hmm. as the caretakers, where do we start? How do we begin that conversation? What are like the easiest steps? Not that any of it's easy, but you do this for a living. Give me a checklist. <laughs> I don't know if I have like one checklist to like <laughs> to like solve everyone's problems. Damn it. Um, but I, I do think that a lot of it is honestly like a mindset stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that I, I think what you did and described is fantastic of like you're coming to me with this language, with how you're identifying, with what you're experimenting with and figuring out and discovering about yourself. That's great. I don't really know what you're talking about, <laughs> but I'm going to go and Google it. I'm going to yeah. go and find resources. I'm going to yeah. go and find people who can help me yes. understand and come back to you with an understanding and an open mind and an ability to discover alongside them right I think that so much of this is about strengthening your bond with your kid right because like you're helping them come of age you're helping them go on their own journey of discovering who they are and gender and sexuality are just a part of that and I mean we all have gender we all have a sexuality we all have figured that out across our lives and this is just a new language to describe the full diversity of what that looks like that has nothing to do with just the binary gender society that we've all kind of grown up in. So I think that what you're modeling is fantastic. And what I tell a lot of parents and what I focus on in the book a lot too is like this tone of Mm. being really welcoming and inviting and saying it's okay to make mistakes. You don't have to know everything. You can be vulnerable and say, I don't know. Let's Google this together and figure it out. That's a (laughs) new word for me. This is a new concept for me. Please be patient with me. I need a little bit of time. Don't necessarily put the burden of explaining onto your kid or the burden of any kind of feelings of some people talk about grief when their kids come out as trans. Yeah. I think it's really important not to put that on your child and to find right. your own support systems and do some of the work on your own as well. But there is a lot of the work that you can do with that young person. And I think that that's actually like a really special part of a relationship with a young person to be able to like help them discover themselves. Like, isn't that cool? Well, and I think it's also cool to, you know, I I grew up in a house being told and people on the show have heard this mantra from me and it's not original in any way. Uh, But there's nothing you can do that will ever make me stop loving you. Mm. And when it comes to this, as well as all of the questions they're going to, they're going to want to ask. Mm hmm. Any opportunity I feel that I have to remind them that there's nothing they can do that will make me stop loving them. Therefore, they can ask or tell me anything that even just that support. (laughs) All the times my kid came and was like, now I think I'm this. We were Mm -hmm. like, that is great. Why are you writing a note as if there's going to be like, I'm like, have we yet 
to like be with, just go tell your grandparents. You know, like, <laughs> like my grandparents are like, oh, oh, how nice. What's happening? And so like, we're going to just roll with this and accept it. I, I do agree. I think it sets a bar for what I consider truly difficult conversations in mm. the future. And yeah, gender sure. and identity, to me, that is not... That's an easy conversation I compared I, to so many other so ones. Many, I mean, my kid comes home and like is scared of, you know, shootings. I got a parent yeah. who just shared with me that they had bought this like bulletproof insert for the backpack. And Jeez. I'm like, I know, I just like sat there and openly like just cried for a second and thought, yeah. Yeah, like that's much harder than yeah. yeah. Than I this. get questions from parents all the time of like, how do I talk to my kid about like, especially trans kids yeah. about like the legislation that's happening right now? Oh my now. god, that's the other thing. Yeah, yeah, and like I, I was just like writing, like I've been experimenting with some TikTok short form video content, oh god. and I was just writing. <laughs> I don't know, it's a thing. Um, it's a- <laughs> and I was and I was just writing a script to kind of like model with my. Um, so Teddy is my childhood stuffed bear. That's the co-host yeah. of Queer Kids Stuff, my web series, who like stands in for the child, and I can kind of model conversations with Teddy, which I think is part of why people like the web series. <laughs> and so I was experimenting with a new script today, this morning, actually, and I was writing just kind of like about like, okay, how can I model a conversation with Teddy about Laura Ann Carlton, who was killed earlier yeah. this week, but who who was an LGBTQ plus ally, not even part yeah. of the community, who had a flag up in front of her store and a man was angry about it and he murdered her. And I'm like, how can I how can Talk I help parents have yeah. a conversation about like, okay, I have a pride flag in front of my house. I'm scared about this. I'm nervous as an adult. How can I include my child in the conversation and make a purposeful decision about, okay, I want to stand up for my community, my for being an LGBTQ plus ally who's, you know, loud and proud. And even though these things that are scary are happening in the world, how can I be brave, right? right. And how can I be brave with my grown up? And how can my kid remind me to be brave? Yeah. And so I was just writing that script. I'm like, those those are the hard conversations. Those are the hard Gender pronouns, that's easy. I know. I'm like, I, yeah. And guess who can just start everybody, start calling everybody, hey, awesome. How are ya? you? Yeah, know, there you go. I I've love gotten that. so good at avoiding pronouns. Exactly. It's easier than you think. Yeah, just like a little rewiring of your neurons. It really just good. takes like two seconds. <laughs> but I think that fear, in your book, you talk about like privilege and, and you know, Part of my privilege is being in a community or at least in a small part of a community in a city, in a state that is, you know, progressive and mm-hmm. trying to protect rights. Cal- California, everybody. Anyway, mm-hmm. I know a lot of our listeners and I know a lot of people uh, do not live in California. In fact, I will give a shout out. I am wearing my. Magic City Acceptance Center for Birmingham, Alabama, mm-hmm. that is a center for LGBTQ and trans youth in Birmingham, Alabama. And I, I know that those places are few and far between. So mm. that fear is like real, you yeah. know, and makes sense. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that. And when we wrap up, I'm going to want us to have talk resources. Yeah, for sure. But before we talk resources, I want to just get back to a couple of basics because it's good for all of us to remember Yes, the basics. So gender versus sexuality, 
It's mm-hmm. not versus. It's not a fight. But <laughs> <laughs> who will win? Gender oh my gosh. Versus... The cage match of gender and sexuality. <laughs> so much. That's a good content idea. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, just tag me in it so I can enjoy it. Will do. <laughs> All right. So please give us the refresher course on just those two basic yeah, for things. Sure. Yeah, totally. I'm going to use the language that I use with kids that I use with grown-ups. This is all <laughs> all ages stuff. Um, so when I talk about gender, I talk about a couple of different things. So first is just the way we feel about ourselves. Gender is a very internal feeling. And we express that feeling that kind of just like in indescribable, like internal, like this is who I am. We express that in a lot of different ways. And sometimes those ways that we express it can be categorized as masculine or feminine or androgynous. And we can express it through our hair, how we carry ourselves through the world, the things that we do, the clothes that we wear, the things and choices that we make on a day-to-day basis to show the world who we are. So that internal feeling, that how we feel about ourselves, that's our gender identity. And then how we express that to the world, that's our gender expression. And mm. I usually like to use pronouns to kind of as a way in, especially for kids. Pronouns are one part of gender expression. And so people can use different pronouns. They are words. This is a literacy lesson for kids, right? So are words that stand in for our names that usually but not always express our gender. So I use they them pronouns. Some people use she her pronouns. Some people use he him pronouns. And some people use totally different pronouns like Z and Zer and fey and purr and lots of other awesome words that people might use to express themselves through pronouns. And so the other thing that I like to talk about with gender is when our internal sense of ourself and that gender identity doesn't align with the way we express our mm. gender, that's that can cause problems, right? But when they are aligned, when they're aligned together and they feel like they're right, like the puzzle pieces fit together. That's what we call gender euphoria. That's this like happy feeling of like, I like, that's like swagger, right? That is, <laughs> that's that is queer like, joy. It is joy. <laughs> that is like feeling so good in ourselves. That is like, I love this sweatshirt. I am going to like show it off today. I'm going to take a selfie. Yeah. I am going <laughs> to. I am like having a great time. Like that's the best feeling in the world. And so when we don't have, when they're not aligned, when we don't have gender euphoria, that's usually called gender dysphoria and is where there, and there are lots of other terms for that. And that's kind of where we can kind of go off under the journey of the um, LGBTQ plus statistics on youth suicide. But gender euphoria is like the best feeling in the world. And like once those things align for you, it's just, it's magical. (laughs) Okay. So that's, kind of gender. spiel about of gender all i want to do is then break down god it just gets so hard once they hit high school because there's like multiple ways to express yourself that mm-hmm. don't have anything to do with it but these mm-hmm. other pressures this other dysphoria you know mm-hmm. this other who's pretty who's not who, like yeah. all this language that is total garbage mm-hmm. and is making me mad yep, is yep, yep. all mixed in together so you know i Again, I say that as a support of the younger we can be supporting that sense of euphoria, Mm -hmm. then 
maybe it's less about their gender expression that they're rest. It's like one less thing to have yes. to stress about. But I yeah. also say that, and I was a teen. I see teens. It's all, that's just a fucking hard time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so, it's really no difficult to be a yeah. teen. No, yeah. no thanks. And just note, and just notice in my explanation, I didn't say yeah. anything about anyone's like perception of Exa you. Well, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that's a whole nother topic, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, For and, sure. so, but we're, let's move on to the yeah, sexuality. We're talking about like basic building blocks right now. Yes. I feel like I came to a realization recently that like most people are at like a toddler understanding of what gender sexuality <laughs> are. <laughs> I got so, toddlers who know more about it than I do. All uh, right. Yeah, I, 100%. I, that. I don't <laughs> do. I'm like, oh. Oh, God, that was easy for you. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there we go. Okay, so sexuality. So yes, different thing. One kind of like misconception I usually deal with around like sexuality and talking to kids about sexuality is that like, this is not a conversation about sex. And right. you'll notice that I never talk about sex when I'm explaining this because yeah. it's just, especially I mean, like I work with young kids. So like, they're not interested in sex there. It is just yeah. like not relevant. It's not ever the question that they're asking, which is really important. <laughs> but that's what that's what all the like anti-LGBTQ people seem to think. Exactly. That, that's uh, anyway. inflation. There's a lot of I like internal biases around it. A lot like a from like queer sex and the AIDS pandemic. There's a lot there. There's no mention of sex in my yes, definition of sexuality for kids. For constantly bringing up sex. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's an important conversation to have. It's just a separate conversation. Yeah. I just want to you know, make sure we're we're putting a little bit of a space between that. And what's important talking about sexuality, there are kind of like two ways that I talk about it. The first is that we we have this this building block already. We've just talked about gender. We've already discussed that. And then there are all these concepts that kids understand, right? So like I talk about going under the doorknob and, and looking up at the world mm -hmm. through a kid's eyes and seeing, okay, what's familiar to them? What language is familiar? What concepts are familiar? What visual language is familiar? Um, with queer kids stuff, I use my teddy bear and I have like blocks and crayons all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so very familiar and friendly to a kid. So one concept that I, that kids understand love and another one family so if we take this idea of gender that we've already outlined and we have a better understanding of now and we take love and we put them together that's that's essentially what sexuality is because we're just talking about who we love and right. what kinds of people we love so like a person who identifies as lesbian is a woman who loves women it, mm -hmm. it can be a gay man is a man who loves men. So it, it's this kind of like equation, gender plus love equals sexuality. And then the other way that I get into it, which is really, really helpful for preschoolers, I think, is just talking about different kinds of families and just yeah. talking about the diversities like that exists of different kinds of families because you know uh, there's always the like person is like this is an inappropriate topic for kids and i'm like okay but like is it inappropriate to talk to a kid who has two dads about yeah. what queerness is because that's just their normal life right right so all you have to do is like grab a picture book that has different family makeups in it and be like, okay, that kid has two moms. That kid has two dads. That kid has a dad and a non-binary parent. Like that kid has a single mom. That kid also has grandparents that are raising them. Right. There are just so many different ways of looking at families and just showing kids that family isn't just you sibling mom and dad and a dog <laughs> right Right. like that's some the... of us have cats sorry sorry 
but that's just a really really easy way in and if you're not comfortable talking about like the gender stuff and like the love stuff yet like that's just a really easy way to just show kids that like queer people exist gay people exist and like that's a possibility for other families and then just kind of exposing them to lots of narratives and stories and resources is is really important but uh yeah, that's a uh, that's kind of the spiel on those two things. But that's really helpful because Good. <laughs> it it well and it's helpful because it well it's helpful for a lot of reasons, but also it keeps it simple. I am a person who will overtalk a thing to death with my children mm-hmm. and strangers and listeners. You're welcome. I will overtalk something and having like, for example, your book, have these things available in simple language to mirror is very helpful. One of the other things in your book that I really liked was pronoun practice, mm-hmm. which I thought was so fun. So let's do a pronoun practice. Yeah, right? let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're the parent. I'm the kid. Or should I be the parent and you be the kid? I can be the parent. That's fine. Okay. No, well, you're better at it. Okay. I'm like a 12 year old. <laughs> All the time. I'm just going to be, when the scene opens, I'm practicing fart noises in my elbow. Perfect. There you go. (laughs) All right. So, poot, poot. Hey. Hey, can I ask you a question? Sure. What are your pronouns today? (laughs) Uh, They are she, her today. That's awesome. Do you want to know mine? Yes, I do. Yeah. Mine are they, them today. (gasps) That's cool. Should we go ask your baba what their pronouns are today? Oh my gosh, that would be so much fun. Yes, let's do, do it. it. All right. So, was was that hard? No. No. That was actually Did we have to talk a lot about it? <laughs> no. No. It was like maybe five lines. <laughs> I think that was five lines. Watch out TikTok. I know, right? I know. But like I think that the pronoun practice I think is a great way to add something into your normal daily Mm-hmm. life like it's not I think I think it's easy for us to get wrapped up in things being too hard too complicated yeah. too and it really can just be as simple as hey how was your you know hey good morning what do you want mm-hmm. for breakfast and mm-hmm. what pronouns are you asking while you're today? tying their shoes Shoe, in the morning yeah. So, yeah, I but ask it, but I don't ask every day, and now I feel like I should. So, I am. Thank you. Well, that's Thank what you. the you're very welcome. The <laughs> subtitle of the picture book is yeah. What Are Your Pronouns Today? Yeah. So, it's uh, you can just read my picture book every day to your child, and uh, that, you'll be it. good to go. <laughs> we will. It's actually just self training for adults. Mm, yeah. All right. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, pre ordering and links and such after our Genius and Fail segment. So uh, first, I'm just going to say, Lens, I adore you, and this is great. And I am I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? I know. I said, ha, ha, turn that song around, didn't I? <laughs> and we will be right back. The Greatest Generation, Maximum Fun's irreverent, filthy-mouthed Star Trek podcast is a big deal. How big? It's the only Star Trek podcast big enough to have a live show tour, and we are inviting all Star Trek fans and Max Funsters everywhere. We're calling it the Share Your Embarrassment Tour, 
and we're going to celebrate and roast Star Trek V. That's the one where they kill God. We're going to be in a bunch of cities, and greatestgentour.com has all the info and ticket links. That's greatestgentour.com for dates and ticketing info for the Share Your Embarrassment Tour. Come share your embarrassment with us. And grow stronger from the sharing. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Linz, it is time for Genius and Fails. Mm. And I am going to very kindly go first just to set a bar cool genius okay guys very simple so the oldest is off to high school i know too much and they're in a conservatory so their day is like they gotta leave and catch a train and then they're there and then they're like schooling and then doing conservatory things and then training back with friends and so it's a long day And the mornings aren't great because they have to get up very early. And that's not great. (laughs) There's just a variety of things of a scramble. And when you are a 14-year-old, if you forget something that is very bad and potentially can really ruin an entire day. God, I am so happy to not be that age anymore. I made a checklist. Good old-fashioned checklist. And the teen school checklist involves headphones. That's the very first thing you need to make sure you have because those are an accessory. Those are cool. The bag. Backpacks. Not cool. Bags. Any notebooks or textbooks. The tap card. That's our metro card. Phone. Schedule. Snacks or cash for the vending machine. And and then pads just in case. Because you never know. Feminine protection, just in case. And they were like way into it. In fact, we're all way into it. And the checklist has gotten us smoothly out of the house every day for the last two weeks. So I'm feeling a checklist, guys. I love a checklist. Nice. Yeah, thanks. It does it great. No one's going to write a book about it, but it's helpful. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. All right. Lens, genius me. Uh, uh, so I, I don't yet have children, but That's I, do okay. have, I do have two <laughs> dogs <laughs> um, who are extremely spunky. <laughs> And so I have a five-year-old cattle dog mix named Georgie. <gasps> that dog's too smart. She is That's extremely. That's part of your problem, right she's there. She's extremely smart. Very um, smart dog. And we have a one-year-old named uh, Charlie, who is like kind of a super mutt. He's got beagle, and he's got like boxer and he just i don't know he kind of looks like whatever he's also deaf so he has this double merle gene um where he has a pink nose and he's like mostly white he's a very (laughs) sweet boy but in the new year we kind of noticed that georgie was like seeming we we got him in january and so toward in like last holidays we noticed that georgie had kind of been like 
bored and lonely and just sitting there and she'd like gained some weight during the pandemic and we need to (laughs) Uh, yeah i know right we needed to like get her out exercising more and you know doing more things for her and we uh, my mom has a this golden retriever who's like the sweetest and they hung out over last holidays and they just like were buddies they were like (gasps) snuggling and having such a good time and my wife and i had been like talking about getting a second dog for a minute but didn't end up doing it with you know lots of different things happening and then we uh we our friend met this dog at a dog park and was like you have to meet this dog (laughs) and we did and we did like a little sleepover with him and we like asked Georgie because we talked to our dogs Um, (laughs) like you know do you want a sibling like how uh, what do you think and you know she seemed wary about it but then we noticed (laughs) that she was like sitting on a little pillow with Uh her her paws crossed she was getting treats she was getting all these things and we were like oh you don't necessarily want a sibling you need a sibling (laughs) (laughs) and so and so we got our second dog charlie who is uh just like the sweetest uh little menace and she gets to like boss him around now and like she has a job and like she is just such a happier dog and it's interesting we went to my mom and we left charlie um and his foster mom this past weekend and uh she just like reverted back to like all of her (laughs) she like kept us up all night it was terrible and we were just like bring the boy back bring the sibling back so uh yeah i guess genius hack is like get your dog a dog (laughs) yes no i love this this is and that's how it begins everybody like tattoos (laughs) then suddenly yeah exactly and so then next thing you know you got a house full of dogs and tattoos or cats Hi, I'm calling with a genius. So it's still summer vacation here, and my 14-year-old was going to his first sleepaway camp, and it was going to be super cool. It was a science camp. He got to stay on a university campus and live in residence and eat in the cafeteria, and it was seemed like a really good fit for him. And starting on the first night, I was getting messages from him saying he wanted to come home, and he wasn't having fun, and that made me feel terrible, and I knew he was feeling terrible, but I... I also knew that he could do this and that it was going to be good for him in the end. So I remembered bribery, and it still works with teenagers. So we negotiated a Star Wars Lego kit, and that was midweek, and he didn't mention coming home again after that. And he got to the end, and on the ride home, he had lots of positive stories, and he even admitted he might go back. I love this. Bribery still works. Lens, whether children wind up in your house or not, whatever your path is, I want to be the person who tells you that bribery <laughs> is effective. I okay? be- you know, I believe it. It works on me. Yeah. It- <laughs> You're it teaching your children very important negotiating tactics that will help with yeah. their self-confidence and help yes. them negotiate raises when they're it- older. Oh. Absolutely. There you go. It, this is a form of feminism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you're a genius for bribing your kid. I have used a Star Wars Legos multiple times. I hope mm. it was an absolutely epic set and it took a long time and then to build. Occupied and have something to do That's for like hours, right? I hope it took them a lo- like very long. I hope they're <laughs> bad at Legos and that it took forever. <laughs> to do it you are doing an amazing job that is a good job 
failures. Fail, 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 fail! You suck. Look, I've just chosen to do a lot of things, uh, one after the other in my life. Right now, we are finally doing some construction on our house. And so we are not living in our house. We are in a rental house. And that's mm. relaxing. And there's like a long list of like appliances or like bathroom fixtures, like all the stuff that we've got to be in charge of buying, which is fine. But Steph and I finally said, let's make time to go to like Home Depot and just go touch stuff. Just go see stuff. And we had Ellis with us, the nine-year-old, and we were like, Ellis, if we could, there was nothing for Ellis to do because school's not back for them yet. I was like, Ellis, we're going to go to Home Depot. And it's, oh, it's going to be so much fun. And we're pulling up. And I said, okay, well, let's make a plan in terms of priority. This is what I said to Stephen. Terms of priority for how we're going to get through the Home Depot. And he's like, why would, I don't understand what you mean. I want to go in and take a look. And I said, I mean, prioritize where we should start so in case one of us begins to emotionally become displeased or unregulated. We've at least seen the thing we really wanted to see. And he was like, I, <laughs> I'm just not sure where Stefan was at that. And he was like, you? And I was like, no, not me. <laughs> the, the one in the back <laughs> who's always... Uh, his secret is he's always emotionally dysregulated. Anyway, so Stefan was like, what? no, we're going. I was like, okay, but this is anybody who knows this. This is not a good impression of us. We're, we enjoy each other a lot. And we go, and it is not five minutes before it becomes the most boring thing we've ever done. And why on earth would we have brought Ellis to Home Depot? Oh, and here's one I think in the back of my mind I thought about, but we just didn't prepare ourselves. Stefan and I have been planning what we're going to do to this garage for months now. We know what kind of fixtures. We know what kind of tile. We know what, what but Ellis doesn't. And so Ellis, like everything we're doing, there's a question and then there's getting upset that they didn't know or that they may not have insight mm. or an opinion on it. And we don't have the kind of children where you can be like, tough it you know uh sadly we raised our children to be part of the conversation and so the whole thing just became like deeply stressful and unpleasant and i don't think we they just don't have a lot of stuff there that you really want to see like i'm just i don't want a white toilet i want it pink with gold trim or something exciting not there so anyway the fail was again leaving the house as well as trying to set expectations in advance and assuming that those expectations uh, were meaningless and that it would just be fine. So, winning. There you go. I left the house, Lens. <laughs> Tried to do something. <laughs> Lay it on me. What do you got? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I've been trying to think about this. Um... So Charlie is, yeah. uh, I'm just going to keep talking about my dogs. Yes, you should. All I <laughs> right. want to do is hear about your dogs. Go ahead. Perfect. <laughs> um, he's like, he's 
a little over one years old now. He, so he's like basically a toddler that yeah. I have to, you know, <laughs> he's either sleeping or he's just like trying to get into something. Yeah. And in like May, I think we finally got him neutered. It was all very, very necessary. And he was in this, he was in this cone for like oh, two weeks. I it was hor- He hated it. He's yes. deaf, so like his vision is like, and his sense, uh, sense of smell or olfactory, are like the, his things, right? <laughs> so he has this like you know cone, and he can't. It's interesting because he couldn't like hear the cone smack into things. Oh, so baby. he like didn't have a lot of like. <laughs> depth perception or like understanding how to do things so then when he and and our other dog hated the cone was like constantly barking at him because she just like did not like this thing that was coming yeah exactly she's like no 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 don't (laughs) don't come at me with that thing so he was like sad and we had to sedate him a lot and I was in um I was in New York for um for work and my wife calls me and she is dealing with Charlie on her own in this cone he's coming out uh, the surgery and my other dog and she calls me and she says charlie pooped in his crate and then he puked and then and then he got and then he got his cone off and he ate it and (gasps) i think she i felt so bad i was just like on the phone i just there was nothing i could do say i'm i'm so sorry (laughs) i'm so sorry i'm away and you're dealing with like uh, probably the worst thing to wake up to is like our essentially like toddler like breaking out of his cone puking up plastic pooping himself pooping. in the crate having to cl- and he like squished oh, it up against him. the crate I'm it was sure all, all over, over and yeah. like she had to like get into like the grate to like be able to get yeah. all the poop out oh it sounded horrible I'm... yeah well your fail is having gone yeah to having, yeah having to in go the middle anywhere of... else that that is dealing with a a a sad toddler dog oh my god i know that stuff gets everywhere it really does like it let me tell you we've talked about on the show like once the kid pukes in a car seat (sighs) there's no getting you got to get all the the straps out you gotta take the buckles out you gotta but those crates they're all i had a and then as soon as he got his cone off he ate like a leg of a toy and like almost had like a bowel obstruction. He like thankfully like puked it up and then like oh, passed boo. through. It was oh, and he was just like so uncomfortable. And I was just oh, like, oh dear much. lord, too much. <laughs> Something too was happening in the well, stars. <laughs> you are doing a horrible job not being everywhere all oh, the time gosh. where you're needed. Sleep. We haven't had to go to the vet in a minute, so good. Sleep <laughs> on okay. that, Linz. <laughs> I have an I need more sleep fail. I took my six-month-old to the doctor to get some shots. That's not a fail. That's a genius. But as I was filling out the, like, pre-shot paperwork, I could not remember my baby's middle name, the middle name that I picked for him and wrote down on the forms and is on his birth certificate. But I just sat there in the office for, like, a full probably seven minutes Nice. Trying to figure it out. I had to I had to look it up. <laughs> oh, I need more sleep. But, you know, I made it to the doctor, so I'm doing an okay-ish job. Yeah. 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 Memory can be fickle. Oh, no sleep is uh, horrible. And, I mean, how important is a middle name? Right? Uh, yeah. I, okay, wait. Actually. It'll be on their, like, diploma, and that's, like, about it. Yeah. 
it may be a driver's license or voter <laughs> registration. Go. So in some ways, you are ruining their life because mm-hmm. I want you to, you know, this is a failure. We should all feel really bad about this thing that no one cares about and beat yourself up. I, I feel like I never call, I called Ellis like Ellison. The other day just came right out of my mouth and they looked at me and I looked at them and I was like, I don't know, mama's tired, which means I'm now speaking in third person. That's an indicator. You're doing a horrible job knowing your own children's name. So, wow. Shame, shame. No one knows your name. (laughs) Lynn, thank you so much for joining me. I also want to thank you for all of the work that you have chosen to do, uh, because I I know you don't get all the love letters, probably. So with that said, I want to remind all of you to, one, write Lynn's a nice letter, because that that probably feels good, even just a you're doing a great job on the Instagram or something. I don't know where the great. kids go. Wouldn't that be nice to get that more than, that. than some of the horrible garbage that's out there? Also, yeah. everybody needs to go buy Rainbow Parenting, your guide to raising queer kids and their allies. This is a, truly a book for every person who may or may not or one day will uh, or is finishing up having kids in their house. Right. And because there's always an opportunity to support kids. And as always, get three copies. Get one for you. Get one for your local library. Mm. Get one for a friend or a school. If your school has like a parent reading section, throw it in there. That's a good one. And go pre-order the kids book because we always need more of those. Hooray for she, he, they, and they. And you can, again, three copies. School library, local library, and your library. Lens, we're going to link everybody up to where they can get access to all of these things. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been fantastic. I really (laughs) appreciate you all having me. Yay! You are the greatest mom I've ever known I love you, I love you When I have a problem I call you on the phone I love you, I love you Hi, I'm Travis McElroy. And I'm Teresa McElroy. And we're the host of Schmanners. We don't believe that etiquette should be used to judge other people. No, on Schmanners, we see etiquette as a way to navigate social situations with confidence. So if that sounds like something you're into, join us every Friday on Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody. It is time to listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hey, one bad mother. This is a rant. I am a single mom of three, and it is back to school week, and I have one moving into college. I have one starting high school, and I have one staying in middle school, and every single one of them has had some kind of drama 
with their back to school. <laughs> my middle schooler, when we went to open house, we were told she didn't have a bus and they weren't going to give us a bus. So we had to fight tooth and nail with the entire school district to get a bus. Oh, but it gets better. Then <laughs> my um, high schooler decided she doesn't want to go to the special magnet school that she's going to. She wants to go to the regular high school we are zoned for. So now we have had to initiate a school transfer on the second week of school, and the, the school is not happy about this. Mm-hmm. And also, um, yeah, she's also not going to have a bus for a couple weeks while we have to work out all the paperwork. And so and we have no idea what, like, all the steps are going to be because they only tell us one thing at a time for some reason. Um, and then my, of course, child who's going to college, they are stressed out. I can't talk to them. They are on the edge. We are navigating this uh, co-parenting with my ex, and needless to say, he and I have different approaches to things. So, you know, we both want what's best for our kids, but our way of getting there is slightly different. Mm-hmm. And the college student or in, oh, whatever, college student, person going to college later <laughs> this week, stressing out, doesn't like dad's style, uh, not thrilled having to drive sisters to school because of all the bus drama this week. <laughs> we have to leave on Friday. Uh, yeah, all of it. Mm. It's too much. It's too much. And then every little thing, they keep forgetting things between oh. my house and dad's house. Like, he's having to yeah. run them over to dad's house. And, yeah, dad's house is not far. But still, it's yeah. taking time. Oh, by the way, I run my own business, small business. Yeah. Mm. In order to make money to pay for college, I got to Yes, these things called clients. I have to actually do work for them and have meetings with them, and that's kind of hard to do when you are dealing with all the school bullshit and the bus bullshit and kids forgetting stuff bullshit and stressed out because your oldest child is leaving you forever. So, yeah, it's a little much. It's a little much. And uh, thank you for the hotline. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. Love everybody in the One Bad Mother family. And um, please just uh, wake me up when it's September. That would be great. Thank you. Bye. First of all, you're doing a really good job. That is a lot. That's so much happening. If you could, like, create a Bermuda Triangle of high emotional stakes. I think it would be to have a middle schooler, high schooler, and freshman in college being those key points on the triangle. And then you just get like law. You just disappear as soon as you fly over it. You're like, la, la, everything's good. Something looks rough up ahead, but I'm sure we lost mom. We don't know where they are. They've disappeared. That... <laughs> Look, I all I'm going to do is tell you that I see the shit out of you. That is a lot of balancing. And we can just look at the oldest leaving home on its own as a big deal. And, you know, I want to use this as a, an opportunity to talk about those big feelings that can sneak up on us or that we think isn't going to be a big feeling or that people in our community tell us it's not a big deal. You'll get over it. You get a new room or whatever bullshit response they say. It's a big deal. And it might hit you 
at different times in the strangest of uh, ways and in the strangest of places. And that's a lot of work getting your high school student into a place that they feel better in. That is a real, real gift. And your middle school, I got to tell you, I've completely forgotten what happened to the middle schooler after all of the other things that you listed after that, which is probably how it feels in your house. (laughs) It's a lot. And I see you. That's a shit ton of work. Oh, what was the bus? The fucking bus. And also good job for fighting for all of that. Like the effort that it takes to get the supports in place for your kids shouldn't have to be that hard. And I am sorry that it is. And I see you doing all the work to make it possible for all of your kids to go to school, to get to school. (laughs) So you're doing a great job and I see you. Everybody, I really enjoyed talking with Lens and I really enjoy just the reminder of how some of the things that feel impossible to talk to our kids about actually are kind of not impossible. And they don't have to be these big, huge, scary discussions. They can be very small discussions. And as a person who has kids that I want to be happy, so I want to let them explore their identity in any way possible, and as a person who knows kids that identify as trans, and as a person who's got adult friends that are trans, that are gay, that are everywhere, lesbians. Oh, I got so many lesbians. Love the lesbians. You know, all the different ways to identify as well as ways to love. I think it is critical that we do talk with our our kids, that we let them know that we are a safe place and that we, in whatever way, feel safe and comfortable, start promoting the normalcy of these things in our communities, okay? And again, I mean that in ways that feel safe to you, all right? And in ways that make you feel your family is safe. I, I cannot believe that I have to say that. <laughs> but watching the laws get passed where trans kids cannot have access to the medical care that they need is is awful. And I, I just, anybody who's unfamiliar with gender-affirming care, it, it isn't all necessarily about having surgeries. Yes, there are different levels from just recognizing, having the medical community recognize how your child wants to be identified to hormone blockers, to uh, therapy, mental health support, to some of the gender-affirming surgeries that people can look into as they get older. This is healthcare, okay? Just like abortion is healthcare. It is healthcare. And yeah, I'm just preaching to the choir, I know, but uh, books like Rainbow Parenting by Lynn's Amer 
they're making the work easier for us. So let's take advantage of it. And with all that said, this is all hard. And at times it is scary. And at times it is glorious. And at times it is mind-numbing. And that is why there's always a space for you here at the low bar where fine is good enough. I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.